Fear brings all the light and air and possibility in the world down to a dark, desperate, pinpoint focus. Love invites us to relax our death grip, give freely from what we have so there is space to be filled with more good things. Love lifts our head from that desperate, narrow focus and opens our senses so we can breathe the air, see the light. Today and in the days to come, I'm with Michelle in Seattle. Love is laughing wildly while playing Pictionary with your kids. Love is the sweet, succulent burst of summer's first strawberry. Love is allowing the sun's rays to caress every area of your body, seeping in the warmth of God deep into your soul. Love is smiling for no good reason, which inspires a return smile from another. And when I remember to love, all of the little love moments are what make up my life. And then I love my life with a big L. Michelle with one L at the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Oh, my goodness. I just have to stop and breathe for a minute. Uh, we are broadcasting live from one the event, uh, downtown Seattle, Memorial Stadium, and this is incredible. And so all of us here, all of us here are just in awe. Heather, what do you think? You're pretty much in awe? I am in awe. I know. It's amazing. Crazy. It's beautiful. It's sweet. And it's something incredible. I want to give a shout out to Eric Lawyer. I want to give a shout out to all of you that have been tuning us in and turning us on. You know, we have had record participation in everything that we've done. Webcast. All of you listening on TTR, we jacked up the, the levels of participation of how many of you can actually call us. Oh. My goodness, it's incredible. I want to introduce you to somebody phenomenal, everybody. I, I, I just, I, I, I have to tell you, I'm just absolutely speechless um, of the people that we have gotten to meet, the people that are showing up, and the people that have said yes to doing something profound and amazing in their lives. I'm talking about Don Smith joining me here today. I am energy specialist and author extraordinary within he is a man with a great heart an immense compassion somebody that said yes in a nanosecond i have to tell you this is somebody that totally gets the power of yes always knew that he could explore these consciousness these realms this human intellect the cellular processes and much more he has a commitment to mastering real transformation well guess what this is being broadcast on transformation talk radio what we experienced yesterday and Friday at one the event, I, I we're all speechless. We don't know how to describe it. Interviews that went on nonstop yesterday, all of these conversations. But guess what? Don is joining us here today because we have got a transformative I am energy message. Don, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Pat. It's a wonderful, a beautiful opportunity to be there and talking about the IOM energy on such a, a noted day with uh, the 9-11, for sure. 
And I think we have to stop for a moment to talk about it. Yeah, I'm from New York, and um, I've already been crying this morning, as you know, as many people are. Um, and uh, no one here uh, on the show or at one the event uh, is saying that this not, is not a time of mourning, because it is. You know, I think what we're all saying is let's look at the energy we want to create. Talk to us a minute, Don, about what the I am energy is. Well, the I am energy is uh, the energy of who we really are, which is void of all of the beliefs that we get all the way from conception that mold us into who we think we are. And the I am energy is the purity and the knowing of our spirit energy, that oneness that we have with ourselves. And that's it. It's like uh, the metaphor of uh, Michelangelo chipping away the marble uh, to create the David. And the David is us. It's not the marble. Whether it's uh, the uh, lower human ego negative or the lower human ego positive. And what we have to, to me, it's like when we put it in the context of the uh, the event that we're talking about here. Uh, our, our job is to uh, see the, that when our heart is wide open, that there is no constrictions whatsoever, no matter what the event, whatever the travesty, that's not who we are. We are the one with that wide open heart with no constrictions whatsoever in all contexts. That's who the I am energy is, and that's who, every one of us have that spark of divinity inside. That's who we are. You know, Don, I have to ask you about your own personal journey. And in, and what I mean by that is I'm always fascinated by people like um, such as yourself that have shown up in life in a very, very amazing way. What were some of the obstacles? What were some of the challenges that you personally had to overcome to get to this very moment? <laughs> well... <laughs> This could be a 20-day uh, uh, interview if we did all of them, but I'll just, uh, like, growing up in, a, in an alcoholic home in a family of nine, uh, five brothers, three sisters, uh, alcoholism, poverty, um, all of that, having to come, uh, come through uh, multiple addictions of my own, codependency, um, you name it, uh, near-death experiences uh, five times, uh, all of those things, and just kept coming through, coming through, and spending 31 years trying to get out of that um, and not knowing <laughs> how to do it until it, it was this uh, energy that started to come and, and to guide and show and direct me to how to, how to shed that, that it was all an illusion. Mm. All of those beliefs that I got were illusion, and it and it covered up who I was, and that's what we have to find. Even in these travesties, we have to be able to shed that grief and the sadness and the loss and the hatred and the bitterness and the resentment, because that's adding to the darkness, just like I was doing all the way through and using addictions to cover that up. And so it's like, how how do we get back and find that, and how do we shed all that? And that's that's 
uh, you know, the, the struggles in school, the struggles with everything, and uh, there's a quick way out. It doesn't take 20 and 30 years. That's the, that's the beautiful thing. You know, what you're talking about is so important. Uh, you know, as you know, I think all of us that stepped into this, uh, the work that we're doing at some level has had some of the, uh, let's just say, we've had dinner with the shadow side of ourselves, wouldn't you say? To put it lightly, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at some level it was tough to move beyond all of that. But here we are today on September 11th. Where were you, Don, on September 11th of 2001? Actually, I was in Vancouver, and uh, I just uh, somebody said something on the phone. I picked up the phone, and 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 I and and here's all these horrific visual uh, images in front of me of the planes crashing in the buildings and people running and firefighters and all of that. That's where I was that day, and uh, yes, it, it it was a it was a magnitude of darkness that rippled across the planet Earth. And uh, and you know what? You know, I was in a tsunami myself in, in Thailand, and, uh, and, and I know what that's like. And, and, but I also know that we cannot allow that darkness to grip us and hold us and pull us down in, at, to that vibration. And we need to, like you're saying, we... This need to me needs to be a cry of joy today. Mm. So many have come so far. You know, we've all gone on a personal journey since that event. You know, yes. how did nine eleven change your life, Don? Well, what it did was it was to me is I am going to do everything on a global scale. Yes. Raise the level of consciousness so this doesn't repeat what it did for me. Mm. And I started thinking globally of this I am energy and how that can add to raising the vibration and the consciousness on the planet Earth rather than letting the darkness pull us down. Mm. What would you say is our greatest challenge in transforming loss and grief and anger and hatred into unconditional love? What's our greatest challenge? The greatest challenge is opening our heart and and remembering remembering the times that our heart was open because it's the heart that melts that all of that and it's the when it's wide open and we're not meant to close that even in the darkest i lost a little girl at 18 months i know what this is like i'm not speaking from a book and we are meant to hold the that that spark of light, that, that remembering a time that our heart was open, like, and lots of times we have to go someplace else, like remembering our, our firstborn or one of our children and what that was like, to, how open our heart was at that moment. And that's where we have to go and we have to hold that because what happens by holding that, it evaporates, it dissolves that darkness. And we're not meant to hold grief for two years, five years, and ten years. That's not what it's about at all. Mm. And we have that power inside to transform that and transmute that darkness and that loss and that grief 
and that sadness and that bitterness and that hatred. And holding that open heart will do that, Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. You know, this has been an extraordinary weekend so far. Today, of course, all of us at Memorial Stadium and Seattle Center, I'll be doing um, a moment of radical forgiveness, uh, interviewing uh, the 2011 uh, heroes of forgiveness. Uh, two of the most unlikely people, Don, uh, uh, to, to ever be at the place of forgiveness. One who characterizes himself as a skinhead, uh, spent most of his younger days uh, in gangs, and he classifies them as skinheads himself. Another, uh, a gay gentleman at a very young age who met this gentleman in an alley and uh, was uh, brutally beaten uh, by Tim and his gang. And Tim actually was given the orders to hit Matthew with the final blows. Their lives have somehow come back together. Their journeys have been profound. We'll be talking with them today. But I bring that up because I wanted to ask you, in the I am energy, how does forgiveness show up? Well, first of all, we need to know a lot of this is a neurological component where we have these conditioned responses, and these conditioned responses override the intellect. And as much as we want to forgive somebody, we find lots of times that we haven't. And there's a way to tap into that the neurological component of when we had loss and and bitterness or hatred or and the, you will find times where we code that forgiveness in a way, and there's a state that is in our system that is completely open when we do that, and it bypasses the intellect because it cannot forgive. It's our heart that forgives. And what happens is we can recall different times that we forgave somebody. And there's a way to lock into that energy. And our, all our chakras are open when it's true forgiveness mm. all the way through. And what happens then is that we can code that to the experience where we're having difficulty and lock that in. And the... All the coding, is such as how we see the person, how close we are, how far away we are, uh, that that's how that happens. Like just the other day I worked with someone that was uh, on a plane over Akron, Ohio, and they dropped from 37,000 feet on 9-11, dropped 37,000 feet, and landed like within 10 minutes, and that shock was still in his system. He didn't even know it. And and what that was about him was he was still holding all the anger inside mm-hmm. 10 years later. Yes. And when we shifted that coding and found out how he did it and showed him a time that, a, a time that he did the opposite and stood in that, it melted in minutes. You know, I love Don. You're going to get me to cry here. Yeah. Good. You, That's you, my job. You're going to get, I, I am, uh, wow. Um, what you just talked about is so absolutely incredibly awakening because you're right. And it shows up in ourselves. I mean, we are human beings at some level. And so the things that just 
get hold, held in our bodies, really get our bodies to start fighting with ourselves. I mean, you know, isn't this really what's happened in, in this country? I mean, obesity is on the ride, rise, autoimmune disease is on the rise. What do you think we're holding, Don? Well, I tell you what we're holding. We're holding the lower human ego. And what it is is the entrapment of who we're not. That's what we're holding. Because I am saying this right now, that when we are in our I am energy, when we get in there, those things dissolve. And the lower human ego does everything it can to spin to keep us in those lower states of vibration. And and we are meant to shake that. And those are symptoms. I don't deal with symptoms. It would take a billion years to deal with symptoms that people show up at my door with. Mm. I'm talking about dealing with the cause, and the cause is not being able to see our magnificence and our beauty mm. and how powerful we really are because we, as a person, as a nation, as a country, as a, a globe, can shift the darkness of wars, poverty, sickness in the in a heartbeat, that's how powerful we are. You know, what is it going to take for us to realize that we have that power? What is it going to take, Don? Well, you know what? There's some people listening to this show, and there's some people listening to uh, some other show. And the only way that they can hear is if they're on the right channel. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And so the right channel is unfortunately a lot of people are um, listening to the channel of pain and suffering and, and being a victim. And we ha and so what what's happening right now is that that pain and suffering of being a victim is what the universe has to use to get their attention. And then it's like, I've had enough, I can't handle this anymore and they are forced to make a decision to be all of who they are. Mm. And that's when they get, then when they get into their I am energy, then that's the channel. And it can be, you can hear them feel that vibration of the, their own I am energy. Because all of this is happening because of the illusion of separation. They are not connected with who they are themselves. And you talk about that Tim or Ted or whoever it was. Yeah. That's, that is somebody that at that time was so far removed from who they were that they were prepared to commit homicide. And, and, and we are, as a nation, away from ourselves and who we are. And we need to reconnect with that you, us inside. And when that happens, major, uh, magnificent, magical, powerful miracles happen. You know, one of the things that um, that I, I read a long, long time ago I wanted to speak with you about, um, it's by an author. His name is Manly P. Hall. And one of the things that was embedded in my mind is a quote from one of his books, uh, The Ways of the Lonely Ones. And he's, he goes on to say that sorrow, suffering, loneliness are the great builders of character. But he, then he goes on to say is that we never really become great until our hearts are broken. And and what he's talking about is that those folks, just like you just referred to, you know, who are deepened and broadened by our experiences, will rise triumphant from the ruins of their dreams and pass on to a fuller destiny. And 
you know, I wanted to ask you that are we ready, are we ready to, to rise on as a collective? Because there, there may be a collective heart here that has been broken. You see what I'm saying, Don? I hear you loud and clear. Mm-hmm. And it, here's, you know what, uh, clients that I work with are in three categories. Mm-hmm. And the, the first category is the one that you get away from here with that voodoo crap. Uh, you know, just get away from me. And I pay no attention to them. And then the next one is I'm very doubtful, I'm skeptical, and I see somebody change. You know what, I, I, I'll, I'll try it. And then the other one is like, wow, you can do what? You can change this? It can be that quick? Wow. And if we focus on those, they will lift the vibration of the other two. And that, and there is enough people on this planet right now, if all of those in that category one connected and united, the consciousness on the planet would shift overnight. And I think that was the dream of Eric Lawyer. You know, this firefighter out of Seattle, and I don't know if you know this, Don, um, you know, he had this dream to do this event, and it began only three months ago, uh, funded it completely uh, with his life savings. How yes. would you describe the soul of a person like Eric Lawyer? Well, that's that purity and that oneness. You know, whether that's um, Mary Magdalene uh, washing Jesus' feet with her ah. hair, it's passion. That compassion, that's what this is about. You know, there, it's been proven that when the tsunami in, in, in Thailand and in Japan, when, when those tragedies happened, the global consciousness raised from the compassion that people had for the people that were in that. And that's what's happening to this person is they have shifted. They have, they have taken all the marble away from their heart. They've, taken all of those walls that are protecting the heart, and that's where the lower human ego wants to keep us, in those entrapments. But he dissolved that, and it turned to compassion. We're all meant to do that, no matter what those life events were that created the walls that we built. It wasn't the event, it was us. That was a choice we made to deal with the pain. And here's the secret. The secret is... We are meant to keep our heart open when travesties happen, not close them. And those symptoms of obesity and poverty and everything is because we are not standing in our power with a wide open heart. Those are the symptoms of the cause of us shutting down who we are. You know, it's so, for me, um, First of all, let me say that, you know, I have so, so longed to have this conversation with you since Michelle and I chatted. And the I am energy in what your work is about, transforming loss and grief and anger, um, it is such a profound body of work that is so needed today. You know, I think that I want to drop this down to an individual level for a moment because, you know, someone said that, uh, Self-love is the first step. Now, you must see people that show up on your doorstep, so to speak, and self-love is about as far away from anything that they can imagine. How important is that that notion of self-love, and how do you describe it, Don? Well, 
Well, first of all, I take it to another level. Okay. Uh, a, a level above self-love. Mm-hmm. And it's knowing, like, I have a, a large uh, crystal in my office. It's about uh, 18 inches in diameter. Now, you cannot add more to that crystal. It's already a oneness. And I'm talking about this. I'm talking about us knowing we are a ball of love. That's different than loving ourselves. Because loving ourselves is we do not know we are a ball of love. No, we don't. Because once we know that, (laughs) we don't have to love ourselves. It's there. Yeah. It's already in us. I love this. You know why? Because, you know, don't we come into this world? I mean, honestly, you know, think about it. We can almost kind of make an alien movie, so to speak, about birth. Because here we are. We're born. We come in this world. We are strangers in a strange land. And, you know, at birth, we start to search. And we we find many things along the way. How important is it? for us to recognize what we've embodied, what we stand for, and what we want to become. Well, I believe that each one of us has a kind of like a computer chip. Yeah. And we're here to be all of who we are. And there's no one on this planet Earth that can do that more than that one person. And the only thing is that, you know what, we we create we from the download of our nervous system from our moms and dads we get fifty percent of that download at conception. Yep. And then the other fifty is us walking through life and how we manifest that and what we do with that. And we and we are here to be all of who we are, whatever that represents, whatever that stands for. Uh-huh. And and so it's like. Uh, there are always snippets, even in my darkest moments in all of my addictions, I can go back and I can see how spirit was attempting to get through to me. In the darkness of my addiction, I'm sitting at a Rimrock Hotel in Banff, Alberta, Canada, in in a drunken state, three hours sober mm. from the night before, and I'm sitting on a ledge. And this, it was in the wintertime in this magnificent valley all the way down, thousands of feet. And you could see the magnificence of this snow and the deer running and, and, uh, and a waterfall in the background. And I'm thinking, my God, look at this. And that was the, wake, that was the start of my awakening out of my darkness. Uh, mm. And... There's all of those in our lives, and we just need to see them and see and feel that spark within, not allowing the intellect to judge it, but just to see it and experience it. And we have to be guided by our heart and have the intellect follow, not the other way around. Oh, my gosh, Don. How beautiful is this? I want to thank you for joining me here today. But before you go, please give out information on how folks can find out more about you, more about your work. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Pat. My contact information is 
I am energy, am energy dot ca, and that's my blog. And I have all of these information on there, and you can follow that. And that will get you to anything you need to know about us and how you can contact us. Well, Don, you and I are going to be chatting a lot, and I am thrilled and honored to have you part of Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you so much for your powerful message today. Thank you, Pat. I'm as thrilled and honored to be on the show. We're going to take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Michael Shane coming up. I'm here to do peace. I'm here to do joy. I'm here to do love and think paradise. I want to be It's mostly love. 